Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, have you heard about this GameStop story? Um, some of you may have been like, well, GameStop, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm not kidding. This may be one of the most fascinating stories I've heard about in years about an absolute rebellion where people are starting to learn to act collectively against the elites that have been pushing the beach ball underneath the water now for decades. The elites are pissed off because people, uh, the great unwashed are learning how to act together. I promise you, I promise you this will be one of the best stories you've heard in a long time. I don't know how it's going to end or who's going to take a bath on it. But even Paul is like, just talk about it first. I can't because I got a ton of stuff to get to. I got to get to that. I also got a whole bunch of other stuff about how conservatives and libertarians and Republicans are finally learning how to fight back. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Stand up today for your digital rights. Get a VPN. Don't wait. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. As I said, we're loaded with content. I've got a bunch of video, including Rand Paul, who is just impressing me. Beyond Not that he cares. He doesn't need to impress Dan Bongino. Talking about myself in the third person, which is always terrible. But Rand Paul has really been lighting the world on fire. I got a video of him you're going to love today. And it fits in my uh, my block about conservatives learning how to organize right now. Let's get to it. Today's show brought to you by Brickhouse Nutrition. Listen, life's about habits. We've been more focused than ever on our health. You know what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. This is critical right now. You be healthy. You take care of your body and your immune system's ready for the winter, this winter and beyond. I take Field of Greens for that by Brickhouse Nutrition every day. I actually take it twice a day, even have it with me now. What do you mean now? Look, I'll tell you next week. Loaded with antioxidants, Field of Greens is packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables, plus green tea, ginger, turmeric, and beets. It's a powerful combination. Supports heart health, metabolism, a healthy immune system, blood pressure, and digestion. It's complete with pre and pro uh, pre uh, uh, pre and probiotics. Excuse me. Field of Greens is not only good for you; it's good for the whole family. Paula takes it. My kids take it. I take it twice a day. Just put one scoop in a glass of water, whatever. I take it in, uh, sometimes I put it in like some tomato juice, put it in orange juice, put it in green tea. Sometimes I put it in there. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Get Field of Greens today and get 15% off your first order with the promotion code Dan at checkout. We all love promo codes. Available in multiple flavors. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Use promo code Dan. Field of Greens. Trust me on it. It is my go-to. I've never felt better since I've been on it. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Use promo code Dan. Pick it up today. All right. Producer Joe sitting there on the phone. Let's go. No bell. Again, I'll explain in a couple of weeks why. Here's going to be the first segment of the show, and I don't want you to go anywhere. We'll get to the GameStop story at the end because it's going to take some time, but you are going to love it. And it's going to make a great movie one day, whoever whoever did. So there you go. I think the Daily Wire is doing movies right now. Ben Shapiro and the Jeremy Boring's operation. Pick up the rights to the GameStop story today. Let's get to my first block first. Folks, I was having a long conversation with a business associate of mine yesterday about a separate thing. And he was asking me a question about cancel culture, the growing power of the left, the the uh, the 2020 election and the results that didn't work out in our favor. And he was saying, are we ever going to learn? And I am an optimist, although I don't appear to be because sometimes the show has a negative tone, but those are as warnings, you know, I'm, but I am. I'm always an optimist in the future of the United States because, uh, and I'll tell you why, and I don't mean this to sound like hoorah, let me, uh, you know, let, let me wrap myself in the flag in some fake virtue signaling moment. I mean it. As, 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 as a, uh, a student of history, the desire to suppress people's natural inclination towards liberty and freedom, the desire by tyrants, fascists, thugs, hooligans, dictators, despots, their desire and the people who surround them, the disgusting filth that surround them, their desire to crush civil liberties and freedom throughout human history have almost always been overcome by the individual desire to be free. And once they figure out how to overcome the prisoner's dilemma, in other words, how to organize against a smaller group of people, because the despots and the tyrants always have a smaller group of people than the population at large, they almost always fail. Again, that's not some, I'm not preaching. I'm just telling you the desire to be free 
the desire to be who you were born to be a, a, a with God given big R rights to freedom will always overcome a small groups of people, a small group of people's desire to crush your freedom. We're learning. Yes, we are learning. And I think in the long run, the left's desire to crush your freedom, to enact censorship, to stop you from speaking freely, to boycott you at your job, to get you fired will always fail. I'm going to give you some examples today. So the core of the A block of the show, the opening block of the show is going to be the problems we have to overcome to fight back. And one of the big problems I was discussing with my friend yesterday is the central tenet of conservative, our uh, conservatism, our anchoring principle right now. Our, what we all believe in in conservatism is the power of the individual. The left does not believe in that. The left has never believed in that. The reason the left has an advantage in fighting against us and cancel culture and getting us silenced and getting parlor wiped off the map and getting conservatives banned from Twitter. The reason the left has an advantage strategically, listen to yesterday's show, we can't think emotionally anymore. We have to think strategically. The reason the left has an advantage strategically is because the left's guiding ethos, their guiding principle is the opposite of conservatism. Conservatism, uh, conservatives believe in individual liberty, the power of small groups, the family, subsidiarity, and local governments. Liberals believe in collective action. They think like, to give you an analogy I've used in the the past for you star trek fans they think like the borg in star trek they think with like a hive mind one person tells them what to do their dictator their ideological leader their golden calf and what does the left do they act collectively the whole principle tenet of socialism is collectivism collective action acting as a group so strategically not emotionally or morally but strategically, they have an advantage over us. They've always, always learned to act not as individuals, but to act like loyal foot soldiers to a movement collectively. It gives them a strategic advantage. In other words, let me give you another analogy. This is important. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, it's going to be one of the most important shows I've ever done. I know I say that a lot, but really, I thought, of, I woke up this morning, I was, I was like pissed because there was no content. And then boom, it hit me. Like, this is what we're going to do. To give you an analogy, it would be like having a, you know, a series of really great basketball players. You know, they're all put on, they've never played together ever. They don't know each other and they don't speak the same language. One speaks Spanish, you know, whatever. One speaks French, one speaks English, but they're really great. But they're put on the court with no practice and they're expected to win a game. I can almost guarantee you if you get a team where the individual players aren't as great as the individual players on the team of players that speak different languages, the individual players on the team aren't as great, but their team was pretty good and they've been together for years, that team will almost always win. Why? Because they have to, the other, the team of individually great players has to overcome communication problems. They don't know each other. They've never practiced. Yeah, but they're all individually great. Terrific. They don't know how to play together in a team sport. The team does, even though they're not as talented individually, they will almost always win. Almost always the, the uh, group that's learned to play together as a team. We're learning that now. Strategy, not emotion. Example number one. Sorry for the long setup, but it's important. Woman by IW, uh, article by the Independent Women's Forum. This article be in the show notes. Boycott Katie Couric and Jeopardy starts trending. It's a hashtag. This was from yesterday. Folks. The left in, in learning how to operate like that basketball team that's played together for years. And although the individuals may not be super talented, they know how to communicate, how to pass to each other. They can almost anticipate their teammates move. The left has been doing this for years because they believe in collective action and we believe in individuals. So what did the left learn to do a long time ago? They are excellent at boycotting because they act collectively. They take orders from their Central command, whatever it may be, media matters, sleeping giants, boycott something. And what did they know to boycott it? Well, now we're starting to learn that trick too. Katie Couric, disgraced former uh, journalist with air quotes, who went on a weekend show last week or a cable news show and said that Republicans and Trump supporters need to be, quote, deprogrammed. Deprogram. How I mean, do you believe how authoritarian and offensive that is? But, you know, she's an authoritarian because that's what media types who lean left are. They want everybody who doesn't believe in them suppressed. Now the right's like, all right, well, we didn't like that. So we're going to boycott Katie Cork. In case you hadn't heard, Katie Cork was going to have a guest hosting gig on Jeopardy. 
As I've said to you in the past, I hate boycotts. I think they're really stupid, economically inefficient. But folks, we got to learn. We got to learn what works. And what's clearly worked for the left is collectively organizing to put financial pressure on people they don't like to silence them by boycotts. So let's pay back the favor. So Saul Alinsky, one of his rules, you know Alinsky, scion of liberals, the leftist organizer who had his Alinsky's rules. What's one of his rules? Isolate. Isolate someone and make an example. Well, folks, I'm sorry, but Katie Couric would be a good place to start with a boycott. I don't recommend these tactics because I think they're really awful, but we're in a really awful time where people are trying to bankrupt conservatives. And I think the only way bankrupt them and drive them out of business and crush them using boycott tactics. And I think the only way the left will learn how long term this will lead to the destruction of the United States is if we turn this tactic on them. They want a boycott. Maybe we should boycott too. You watch Jeopardy? Katie Cork becomes a guest host. Maybe you shouldn't watch Jeopardy. Pretty easy, right? Yeah, but I like the show. Yeah, I like the United States too. And it's collapsing in front of our eyes under the pressure of ridiculous boycotts. Let me be crystal clear. I hate boycotts. They are stupid and economically ridiculous. We should be buying and consuming products based on their value added, not based on what political ideology people have. But that's not the world we live in. Again, strategy, not emotion. That as a strategy, boycotts has clearly worked for the left. Sometimes no. Sometimes their boycotts like the Chick-fil-A boycott have been absolutely hilarious in their failure. They turned into boycotts, but some do work. Maybe it's time to turn the tactic on them and learn to act collectively using strategy, not emotion. It is an inherent failure of conservatism. Our belief in individual liberty is not a failure. That is a, that is a feature, not a bug. But it is a bug when it comes to thinking strategically and not emotionally. The left has a leg up because they always act collectively. It's what they've always believed in. Act collectively. Katie Couric, you want to deprogram us? Maybe we'll deprogram Jeopardy and not watch while you're on. How does that feel? You don't like it, do you? Kind of sucks, right? We'll see. Story number two, CNBC. This was from September of 2020. As schools reopen, more parents are pulling their children out. Again, I'm not suggesting all of these parents are conservatives, libertarians, or good, solid, principled Republicans. I'm simply suggesting to you that collective action works. Again, we've always had a disadvantage. Maybe if we learn to emulate the strategic tactics of the left like this, acting collectively to pull our kids out of public schools, then maybe we'll send a message. And all of a sudden, leftists like the people who run the teachers unions will start to say to themselves, wow, that didn't work out. Teachers unions in Chicago and elsewhere don't want to teach the kids despite being paid. You don't want to go back to school. We'll pull our kids out and put them in other schools. I'm very sorry. This is not an attack on teachers. I understand we're in the middle of a very serious pandemic, but the hard reality is grocery store clerks have had to go to work, truckers, police officers, EMS, and the chances of getting this virus from a child are very low based on, they're not non-existent, but very low based on science. You don't want to teach? You don't have to. We'll take our kids elsewhere. Oh, and by the way, most of the funding is based on per pupil. So as the pupils drop in public school and the pupils wind up in private schools and elsewhere, I think you're going to see the futility of that. But you see how collective action works? Maybe it's time to start pulling our kids out of public schools. Oh my gosh, that would be terrible. What would I do? I don't know, folks. I know it's hard. Some don't have the resources. Totally understandable to send their kids to private school. But maybe if you have the ability to homeschool, maybe it's time. Strategy. Strategy. Not emotion. Not emotion, strategy, collective action, isolation works. Put Katie Couric alone, alone on an island. She wants to deprogram in a really disgusting comment. Conservatives deprogram Jeopardy. Public school teachers don't want to teach our kids. 
Maybe collectively we move our kids out of public schools and let those public school teachers, when they go back, teach empty classrooms. Here's another article, how we're learning, again, learning from leftist tactics who have outfoxed us because they focus on strategy. Strategy, the left, they've been smart. We need to emulate it. I said yesterday, we must, we must replicate genius. Let's not reinvent failure. However devious their tactics are, they work. So why recreate failure? Just emulate them. By the way, these stories will be up in the show notes to get quick ask. Please sign up for my email list. I Again, strategy. I need to be able to communicate with you directly. I don't sell the email list to outside organizations that rent it. You're not going to get emails from politicians off my list. I need to be able to speak to you directly. I can do it via my email list. We've added hundreds of thousands of new people. You go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. The newsletter is my email list. You'll see all these stories there that I talk about in the show every morning. Please go there. We really appreciate it. You'll see this one as well. New York Times. Wow, you're citing the New York Times? This is actually a pretty good piece. They found a way to limit big tech's power using the design of Bitcoin. Companies inspired by the cryptocurrency are creating social networks, storing online content and hosting websites without any central authority by Nathaniel Popper. It's articles from yesterday. Nice. We're learning. We're learning. And the GameStop story at the end is an example of how genius learning from the left's tactics of collective action can work out. I know I keep teasing it, but this story on that New York Times story, what's the gist of it, the core of it? Apple, Google, Apple, you know about their attack on Parler, the social media site, which I have an investment interest in. You know they tried to wipe it off the face of the earth. In a disgusting move to suppress a website, Parler.com, where a lot of conservatives had gone to express their views. We're learning. One of my other business partners in another enterprise is a genius when it comes to Bitcoin and blockchain. I mean that, like sought around the world for his expertise in it. Some of the stuff we're involved in now, I can't give the details right now. But you want to wipe us off your servers? What if we were on thousands of servers all over the place and you couldn't find them? We'd make it really difficult if we use kind of like what Bitcoin does, a decentralized model of currency that no federal government can ever take down because it's not in one spot. It's all over. What are you going to do? Take down the entire world internet? What if we had social sites and websites like that with content distributed over thousands or tens of thousands of servers all around the world? How are you going to do that, Apple? How are you going to take us down? Liberals, how are you going to silence us then? You're going to take down the entire world internet? Again, ladies and gentlemen, we're learning. Conservative, I want you to just put a little bit of a smile on your face. I know these are tough times. Believe me, every day we got to listen to these ridiculous press conferences. I'll get to that in a minute, too. With this Jen Psaki, the queen of ums. Um, um, uh, I'll get back to you later. I don't even know anything. With this ridiculous presidency a week in. After four years, despite the coronavirus, of prosperity under Trump, we got to deal with this guy. I know it's depressing, but I want you to smile a little bit. We are learning because remember the desire by these tyrants to keep the beach ball of liberty underwater is not going to work. It always pops up. It always bursts through the water because the desire of people to be free has always, always broke through that horizon on the water. Always, every single time. It never stops. We are learning. Let me get to my next article and then I'm going to get to my, uh, so you know what? Let me just get to the second sponsor now and then I'll run to it. Thank you, Paula. Paula's got to remind me. <laughs> if I need a cue, just do that because I'll go on forever. We do have people who uh, pay for to be here on the show and talk to you. And one of my favorites, of course, is Press House Coffee. We started by two guys who love premium coffee, uh, coffee, but not the whole, you know, uppity culture around it. They want you to enjoy coffee the way you like it. They offer premium hand-sourced coffees, resources that make it easier to grow your knowledge and love for coffee, and only their very favorite, your favorite equipment and accessories for coffee too. Their head roaster, Paul A, personally sources each bean and creates a unique roasting profile to highlight its unique flavors. This, I missed it this week, 
I have my press house coffee usually every day. I haven't, and I'm, I'm, I'm like in a little bit of withdrawal, not caffeine withdrawal. I've had my press house coffee withdrawal. Every bag is roasted to order ground any way you like it. We get the beans. I have a grounder. I know. I know. I, maybe some of you like it ground for, I like to grind the beans myself. I love it. It's shipped to you within 72 hours for peak freshness. You will never drink another cup of coffee again after press house coffee. I know this stuff is fantastic because it's been selling like mad, because I once we started advertising on the show, people started drinking it and coming back and cleaning them out. It is that good. They have a unique key lime pie blend with notes of invigorating lime, warm vanilla, and graham cracker crust. And they're created with no uh, with no added flavors, just carefully selected coffees from around the world. Whether you're looking for the best cup of familiar diner-style coffee you've ever had, or you want to be amazed by the wild, fruity notes, coffee's capable of, you'll find something you love. Get 20% off your first order. We all love promo codes by using promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O at checkout. Visit PressHouseCoffee.com slash Bongino. Get that URL right. Get this today. Makes a great gift, too. Their roaster's choice is terrific. Go to PressHouseCoffee.com slash Bongino today. You'll never drink another cup of coffee again. Presshousecoffee.com slash Bongino. Make it your go-to. Presshousecoffee.com slash Bongino. All right, thanks, Presshouse Coffee. As I told you, we have to act strategically, put emotion to the side, and we have to emulate successful tactics of leftists who have sadly used their inherent ability to collectively act because that's what they believe in to hurt us, to hurt us financially, ideologically, and in elections. So I told you about isolating targets. They do that all the time. They isolate a target, make 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 him or her any target on the conservative on the conservative right. Uh, they feel that they want to isolate. They make them feel alone and on an island. Sadly, we need to do the same thing. Collectively act. Pull your kids. If schools don't want to teach your kids. Pull them out. Here's another thing the left has done successfully. We need to learn to emulate their tactics. My friend Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch frequently says this. The left learned a long time ago that process is punishment. What does he mean? The judicial process, using the legal system, the process alone, to hurt their ideological opponents by delaying, costing them money and legal fees, I'm sorry to tell you, I think it's a terrible, awful strategy for them to do on us, but maybe they'll only learn how awful it is when we turn the judicial process around on them and learn to emulate their strategy and tactics. Washington Times in the show notes today, Stephen Dynan. Judge blocks Biden's 100-day deportation pause. Oh, 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 oh. You thought only the left could use the judicial system? Dan, we shouldn't be using the judicial system to issue national mandates to shut down President Trump when he was in office. I agree, but the left did it anyway. So maybe they'll see the futility of it when we turn around and do it to them, which now happened. The Attorney General of Texas, who I'm really starting to like as well, Ken Paxton, decided that uh, Joe Biden... His, his new order to stop deportations of people in the country illegally, which is insane to stop the meaning just that you effectively have no borders. Yet. Basically, Joe Biden said to come here, cross our border illegally. We'll do nothing to ask you to leave. What's the point of an immigration system then? I'm just asking. Is there any point to an immigration system? So the attorney general of Texas, a good man, sued and said, no, that's not going to happen. And a judge agreed. Now you see the importance of President Trump appointing, what was it, 234 judges to the federal bench? Judges who will actually review, review what's going on and say, maybe that's not a good idea. Dan, you're against national mandates. I am. I think the cases should be limited to the districts and appellate levels uh, where they have jurisdiction, those courts. But seeing that the left blocked I don't know what, 20, 30% of the Trump agenda, I don't have an exact number, suing in courts with liberal judges who've issued national mandates, maybe we should do the same thing. Not maybe, we should. And then maybe the left will figure out the futility of using the courts to block a conservative agenda when an exact same strategy is turned around on them. I strongly encourage you again to read these pieces in the show notes. 
process is punishment, ladies and gentlemen, dragging people and administrations into court to hurt them, delay their agenda and cost them thousands, if not millions in legal fees has been their strategy for years. Maybe it's time to turn that around. You think? Strategy. Strategy. Let me get the video up here now next. What video? Well, what's another strategy of the left? Folks, again, I am not telling you, don't mistake this for some moral judgment on the left strategies that these strategies are morally right, so we should use them. No, they're not. They're wrong. Isolating people, boycotting them, using the judicial process to stop what they couldn't stop legislatively. I'm not telling you these are morally right. I'm telling you they're effective. And even though I believe they're morally wrong, the only way to stop them from doing this again and repeating these moral wrongs, isolating people, boycotting them elsewhere, is to turn it on them so hopefully one day their eyes open up and they say, this is really terrible. Why? Because it just happened to me. Well, another strategy is mockery. Oh, we can't use mockery, Dan. No, we can and we will. I will. You don't have to take me up on it. That's fine. Just throw my name in social media on any given day. You'll see the left seems to enjoy laughing at any misfortune uh, Bongino uh, Inca seems to suffer. They love it. They think it's great. Oh, they do. I'm not kidding. Because we have a show called The Dan Bongino Show. We have various alerts to see what's going on with our show. Every day I read articles about the left uh, mischaracterizing me calling me all kinds of awful stuff. So maybe we pay back the favor. We do a little mockery on them. Man, I'm not ready for that. That's fine, I am. Well, here's a video. I, I saw this uh, Raheem Kassam who uh, runs the National Pulse over there and has his own show, which is really good. They put this video out yesterday. Here is Biden's new press secretary, uh, Biden's, uh, Joe Biden's mouthpiece, Jen Psaki, uh, who can't seem to answer a question so here is a, this montage goes on for a minute, 30 seconds, but Paula was annoyed after 35 seconds. So I had to cut it, right, Joe? 35 seconds, we had to cut it because after a minute and 30 of this, you know, you may, you may jump out a window or something and we don't want you to do that. But here's 35 seconds of Jen Psaki who can't seem to answer a question without making the radio and TV business faux pas of constantly going, uh, uh. I'm sure there's a, a montage of others out there doing this too. But here's Jen Psaki who can't answer a question without a series of ums and ahs, a montage. Raheem Kassam uh, put this out there. Check this out. Uh, 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 and uh, President Ab Biden, uh, um, uh, um, uh, that goes on for another minute. You after uh, seriously after thirty five seconds, Paula was like, "Please, please shut that off!" Right? She's like, "I can't take it." She said, "Actually, after two seconds, we needed thirty five. It really does go on for another minute." Oh, mockery! That's really awful. It is. It is. But maybe when they feel the effects of it themselves, maybe they'll start arguing issues again and not attacking people personally. Remember my axiomatic truth of this ideological fight we're in. What is it? That conservatives in a sane environment, which we're not in now, conservatives see liberals as people with bad ideas. Liberals see conservatives as bad people with ideas. That's starting to change as conservatives start to see what liberals really are. Many of them, which is authoritarian tyrants looking to squelch their big R God-given rights at any opportunity. So maybe we use the tools they do. Mockery being one of them. Sorry. They do it to me. I'm actually, I do have a thin skin. I do. I have a very thin skin. But I will tell you this. I have seriously learned to thicken it up. You just, it's part of the business. Here's another tool they use. Alinsky's rules. Going back to the isolate a target, right? That was one of Alinsky's rules. Not mine. The leftists has used these rules for years. 
They focus on someone like a laser, Kaylee McEnany, the MyPillow guy, whatever it may be, like a laser. And they humiliate and destroy them. Sadly, we have to do the same. But one of the other things they do with the Alinsky rules, Alinsky's rules were to always make people live by their own standards. You want to set a standard? Then you better live by it too. What do I mean? Exposing hypocrisy is not just an act of, say, mockery on politicians, but it's an effort to show you how unprincipled politicians really are and to degrade their credibility. It's important. What do I mean? I said to you at the beginning of the show that Rand Paul is really setting the world on fire these days. I've always loved Rand Paul. I know Rand, disclosure. I, I know people, I'm not doing it. I'm just, disclosure, I, he, when I ran for office, he was very supportive. It's nothing to do with this. I talk about Rand Paul because when he does something I believe in, I think you should know about, that's why I talk about it. He's been a focus of our show a lot lately. Maybe we'll have him get back for a guest appearance. But Rand Paul and this ridiculous impeachment hoax where the trial in the Senate's about to begin, Rand Paul took the floor yesterday. And this is about a minute and a half, but it's worth your time. Just set the Senate floor in fuego by exposing the left's complete, total hypocrisy and how they want standards for Donald Trump that don't apply to them on the floor. You need to listen to every minute of this. Check this out. This sham of an impeachment will ostensibly ask whether the president incited the reprehensible behavior and violence of January 6th when he said... I know everyone here will soon march to the Capitol to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Peacefully and patriotically, hardly words of violence. But what of Democrat words? What of Democrat incitement to violence? No Democrat will honestly ask whether Bernie Sanders incited the shooter that nearly killed Steve Scalise and volunteer coach. The shooter nearly pulled off a massacre. I was there because he fervently believed the false and inflammatory rhetoric spewed by Bernie and other Democrats, such as the Republican health care plan for the uninsured is that you die. As this avowed Bernie supporter shot Steve Scalise, nearly killing him, and shot one of our coaches and two or three of our staff, he screamed, this is for health care. Ask me or anyone if that's incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Cory Booker incited violence when he called for his supporters to get get up in their face of Congress people, a very visual and specific incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Maxine Waters incited violence when she literally told her supporters, and I quote, that if you see a member of the Trump administration at a restaurant, at an apartment store, at a gas station, or any place, you create a crowd and you push back on them. Is that not incitement? Is it? Maybe I should have, uh, you know, they have Alinsky's rules. Maybe we should have Dan Bongino's rules. What do I always tell you? The, the axiomatic truths, right? fundamental truths of getting involved in politics and understanding the whole political ecosystem, to use the buzzword of the day. I told you one before, conservatives think liberals are people with bad ideas. Liberal thinks, liberals think conservatives are bad people with ideas. When you understand that, you'll understand why they personally attack you and never engage on the issues, liberals. What's my second axiomatic truth? My second axiomatic truth is most Republicans are really Democrats, but no Democrats are really Republicans. Well, one of the third axiomatic truths we can throw out there is that there's no better way to degrade the credibility of a politician than pointing out how a politician sets double standards, one for themselves and others for other people. People don't like that. People hate that. Because there's a fundamental unfairness of it. Exposing their hypocrisy degrades their credibility, and the credibility is all they have. We have an advantage now. We have video platforms, Rumble, YouTube, and elsewhere, where videos live forever. We didn't always have that. If it wasn't on the nightly news, you really never heard it. 
Now we have videos of Maxine Waters, Cory Booker, and other people. We have videos of these people doing things. Bernie Sanders giving these insane speeches about how Republicans are trying to kill people with their health care law. We have videos of it. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't happen overnight, but over time, it deeply degrades the credibility of the people who are doing this, the Democrats, trying to attack Donald Trump for saying peacefully and patriotically go protest while they're in turn asking people to go get up in each other's faces if they're Trump supporters. It's an axiomatic truth that failing to live up to your own standards over time degrades your credibility. We have to keep exposing it. That's why I do it on the show. It's critical. Expose them all the time. All the time. All right. I want to get to this article uh, next by Just the News, which fits into this. Remember what we're talking about here. We're still in the, the A block of the show to use uh, silly industry terms all the time. A block. About the first part of the show. Sounds a little easier. We have to learn from leftist tactics. We have to learn to organize collectively in groups. It's not an advantage. We believe in individuals. That's the whole essence of conservatism, individual liberty, small units. We have to learn to drop that strategically and act in groups, act in groups following the same rules they do. Again, the last one we talked about, make them live by their own standards. I want to get to this again, how liberals, they love laws. They love laws. The more laws, the better, right? Liberals, states, laws, that kind of stuff. Well, let's use their laws. I'll get to that in a second. Let me get to my third sponsor, Rock Auto. Joe's personal favorite sponsor ever in the history of humankind because Joe's a pretty handy guy and Joe likes to work on his own car. Hey, chain stores, did you know they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? That's not fair. Well, rockauto.com's prices are the same. They're the same for everyone. And they're the same being reliably low. That's a good thing. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, kind of like what airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everyone. It does not require membership or any account logins. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for a classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brands, specs, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts. It's ridiculous. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Do us a favor. In there, how did you hear about us box? It's a box that says, how did you hear about us? Write Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. So they know we sent you to, uh, to their website, which is terrific. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com, rockauto.com. Hey, one final Bongino's rules, axiomatic truth I've discussed often is the way Rand Paul um, ended that portion of the segment, the, the speech goes on a little bit, was fantastic. You know, what do I always tell you if you're going to run for office? People can avoid an assertion and, assert, and something you say to them as a statement. They can avoid it. They can ignore it. They typically do. You know, Ronald Reagan was great. Liberals, are you? In their head, they're thinking Ronald Reagan was terrible. It's an assertion. An assertion of what you believe to be a fact or an opinion they typically ignore. People can never, ever avoid a question. They can't. They can't. The brain is wired to respond to a question. Anything with a question mark at the end. If you're ever going to run for office or be some thought leader in the conservative movement, be a columnist or whatever, don't ever forget that. People cannot avoid a question. The brain is hardwired to want to respond to it. Rand Paul did that beautifully at the end. Say that's Bongino axiom number four. He says at the end, aren't these examples of inciting violence? You can't ignore that. You can try. I'm not saying it's going to change your mind if you're a lunatic leftist. I'm just saying you can't avoid it as easily as if you just make a statement of fact. Like leftists have incited violence in the past. The left is going to be like, no, I hadn't. I'm a leftist. We believe in tolerance. 
But Rand states the examples, Maxine Waters, Cory Booker, and elsewhere, and he ends it with a question. Aren't these examples of inciting violence? You need to learn to do that too. Strategy, 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 not emotion, strategy. Strategy matters. We have to think strategically going forward. Again, how we need to learn to act like the left. The left loves law. They love laws. Liberals love laws. The more laws, the better. They want laws for everything. Good. Let's use those laws against them. Just the news article in the show notes today. Again, Bongino.com slash newsletter to access our newsletter. That is the show notes. Read this article. Experts see a legal counteroffensive against big tech crackdown on conservative dissent. Challenges are possible on three fronts. Antitrust, revocation of Section 230, and shareholder suits. Ah, I talked about that earlier in the week for breach of fiduciary duty. Let's go to screenshot number one. Liberals love laws. Okay, let's use those laws. Big tech wants to act as a tool of the government to silence conservatives. Let's use the laws liberals love to fight back. Oh, that's awful. We don't believe in laws. We're conservatives. We believe in individual local control, not national laws for everything. If we have them, you better use them. Strategy, not emotion. Attorney General of Texas, the excellent Ken Paxton, making a reappearance in the Just the News article. Screenshot number one, quote from the piece, Ken Paxton said additional questions should be asked about whether the tech giants were engaging in monopolistic competition or violating antitrust laws. Although statistically, it's possible that all five of these companies did something at the same time. They're talking about the companies that coordinated to take Parler down. In a random fashion, Paxton acknowledged it's probably a pretty low percentage chance that all of this was random. We have anti-monopoly laws. Remember those? Sherman Antitrust Act, the Clayton Act. Liberals have used them for decades. Say, big oil, terrible. Or Williams Jenning, William Jennings Bryan, that was his whole campaign for the presidency. Running against Rockefeller and what he considered to be monopolistic titans of the time. Liberals used to love that stuff. So maybe those anti-monopoly laws used to crush businesses in the past Usually inappropriately. Sometimes there are legitimate monopolies. Maybe we should use them now. We can't do that. No, no, you can't. Because you're involved in emotion, not strategy. We most certainly can. Apple has an absolute monopoly in the very essence of the word monopoly over its app store. If you have an iPhone, which hundreds of millions of people do, there's only one place on an Apple iPhone to get an app. That's the app store. It's the very definition of a monopoly. If you're canceled from that store, you're out of business on Apple. So let's use their anti-monopoly laws. They've used against oil and other words and railroads in the past. Let's use them against their beloveds, their golden calves and big tech. We can't do that. No, no, you can't. You can't. I most certainly can because it's actually appropriate. They do have a monopoly. Let's go to law number two. Left liberals love laws, right? Section 230, of course, which gives platforms with an air quotes the ability to basically discriminate politically with a government immunity from lawsuits. Paxton said, again, these companies put themselves out as neutral platforms. If in reality, they're not doing that, one, they don't deserve the protection of federal law, special protection that no other company has. And he's talking about immunity from lawsuits for Twitter and Facebook because they're saying they're platforms, not publishers. He says, and two, they may need to be looked at under consumer protection laws because they're presenting consumers with a choice that says, hey, we're a platform that allows any speech. When in reality, they are controlling what speech is being put out there. Mm. Liberals love laws. You love anti-monopoly laws. You love Section 230. All right, let's use them against you. They're your laws. You love them. You love the government. Well, let's see how you like it when your golden calves have to face up to the hard reality. Here's a final piece, uh, final screenshot from this piece, which is absolutely terrific. Ladies and gentlemen, there's legal precedent in the courts in the past. You cannot act on behalf of the government when, when a, as a private company act on behalf of the government to do something the government can't do. In other words, the example I gave from the Wall Street Journal a while ago is if, say, conservatives wanted to stop an abortion clinic. Because usually the reason I use these rough examples is because liberals only get it if you make if you ask a question. 
So when you turn it around and you force them to probe their own minds, it's the only way to break through their wall of facts. So let's say conservatives wanted to nationally stop abortion, which would be a goal I would support. I do not support the termination of life in the womb under any circumstances. So the government, according to current law, can't do that because courts magically found a right to abortion in the Constitution that doesn't exist. So under current law, they can't make it illegal. So let's say the government did something like, we're going to do this. We're going to make people immune from lawsuits, private actors who go and block the doors to every abortion clinic in America. Again, under current legal precedent, that would be illegal because the government doesn't have the power to stop abortion. It should, but it doesn't right now. So it empowered private actors and made them immune from lawsuits. If they do something, it couldn't do, which is block access to abortion clinics. You leftists are like, I wouldn't like that. No, but you like Apple and others. Um, You like social media platforms, Twitter platforms, Twitter and Facebook, using immunity given to them by the government from lawsuits to go out and sanction conservatives and stop free speech, something the government can't do itself. But you're okay with that. From the Just the News piece, Apple, of course, deletes many apps from its app store, largely news apps at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party. Did you know that? Commentator Dan Hoff said, alluding to deleted apps that pro-democracy activists in Hong Kong were using to communicate and get news information. Apple, a tool of the Chinese Communist Party. Who knew? Commentator goes on to say, so clearly in China, Apple is operating as an extra governmental arm of the Chinese Communist Party, acting at the behest of the communists to do what they want, Dan Hoff said. Well, we have folks like Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Kamala Harris in the United States calling on Twitter, Facebook and others to ban President Trump and to take down Parler. And what are they doing? Honoring those requests. Let's make a legal example out of them too. All right. Uh, you know what? Let me get to my final sponsor, GenuCell. And then I want to cover this GameStop. So I can't tease this enough how fascinating of a story this is. This is going to make an unbelievable book or a movie one day, what happened with this company GameStop. And I'm going to give you an explanation because some people are confused about exactly what happened. I'm going to get to National Review, a quick thing on Tablet Mag and then them. My final sponsor today are our friends at GenuCell. Listen up, everyone. Our friends at Chamonix want you to know Valentine's Day is right around the corner. What better gift, ladies, than treating yourself to the most luxurious skincare in the world? And gentlemen, give your special lady the spa quality pampering she deserves in the comfort of her home. During Chamonix's Valentine's Day event, your order of GenuCell for eye bags and puffiness will include the new Zotique Deep Correcting Serum for free. Yes, free. Zotique combines the purest vitamin C with the brightening benefits of lactic acid for a younger, healthier, happy-looking appearance. That's how Paula looks 20 despite her age. She's not 20. She's close, close. 30. Say goodbye to adult acne, redness, stress breakouts, and hello to increased firmness, smoothness, and a visibly younger looking you. They know how old Isabella is, so that's not even like possible. But she looks it, and with its immediate effects, see results in 12 hours or less. Shamani promises results you'll fall in love with or your money back, guaranteed. My mother-in-law's a big fan too. Visit GenuCell.com. And enter my special promo code DAN40. That's DAN40. At checkout for additional Valentine's Day savings. From now until Valentine's Day, get the classic GenuCell jawline treatment and luxurious GenuCell XV anti-wrinkle moisturizer free with your order. That's GenuCell.com. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. GenuCell.com. GenuCell.com. All right. Thanks, GenuCell. All right. Just quickly, motoring through a few stories before I get to GameStop, which you'll see in the show notes and are excellent. So now the media is not just spinning and gaslighting current tales, rewriting our current press eco, uh, eco environment ecosystem. Now, again, using the buzzword of the day, but now they're rewriting history as well. Things that happened in the past. Have you heard about this story? Um, it's up in National Review. Here's the gist of it. Put up screenshot number one, if you wouldn't mind. Um, Newsweek. Uh, which is a left-leaning outlet. So Salon, which is a far left-leaning outlet, wrote a story. So you see this up, Newsweek edits 2015 story on Army Rangers to conform to new attack on Tom Cotton by John McCormick at National Review. So be in the show notes. They read this story. It's fascinating. So Salon, a far left-leaning reg, decided they were going to attack Senator Tom Cotton, who is a pretty solid conservative, because Tom Cotton had claimed he was an Army Ranger, which is interesting because... Tom Cotton did, in fact, was in the Army and did graduate from Ranger School. So Salon, an author with probably zero experience in the military um, that the author had, 
decided they were going to attack Cotton because he hadn't, in fact, served in the Ranger in the 75th Ranger Regiment. So here's what's really interesting. Because Tom Cotton is a conservative and the left loves to attack conservatives, they had to gaslight the public. But in order to gaslight the public, they had to wipe clean their history of calling people Rangers who had, in fact, graduated from Ranger School but not served in the 75th Ranger Regiment. Listen to this, quote, over the weekend, Newsweek changed the 2015 article on two women widely hailed as America's first female army rangers in order to conform to a new article at Salon that falsely claims that Tom Cotton, quote, repeatedly falsified his military record by saying he was an army ranger. Cotton attended ranger school, Salon reported on January 23rd. But in the eyes of the military, that does not make Cotton an actual army ranger because he didn't serve in the 75th Ranger Regiment. Well, that's interesting. Because when two women who, you know, God bless them for doing what they did, it's not an attack on them. But when two women graduated Ranger School but did not serve in the 75th Ranger Regiment, left-leaning Newsweek back in 2015 was more than happy to celebrate them as weird Army Rangers. Under the same principles and criteria, Tom Cotton, who graduated graduated Ranger School, would have been would have been classified as an Army Ranger. But Newsweek realized they had it a problem now. Salon was going to attack Tom Cotton, so they had to go and rewrite history. So they did. Quote, Cotton's communication director, Carolyn Tabler, tells National Review that Cotton's office contacted Newsweek this weekend to point out that Newsweek had identified the female Ranger School graduates in 2015 as Army Rangers. Newsweek responded by editing. It's 2015. This is not a joke. They went back and edited their 2015 story to conform to Salon's new smear of cotton. The 2015 Newsweek story no longer reads that the two women will become Rangers. The edited version now says they will be allowed to wear the coveted Ranger tab on their uniforms. I'm just going to leave that right there for the remaining 00025% of the population that takes the morons in the media seriously. Read this other article to do to today up at the show notes and tablet mag, how journalists are now, uh, they're not journalists or fake journals, but journalists are now mobilizing against free speech. It's fascinating. What they want to do now, the journalists is they're having a legitimacy crisis as is addressed in this excellent piece in tablet mag by Armin Rosen in the show notes today. Please read it. They're having a crisis of legitimacy. People classifying themselves, themselves as journalists, they're not real journalists, of course, are now realizing that the American public has caught on to their gig, that they're activists who lie to advance the liberal agenda. It's obvious. They're not telling you facts. They're telling you opinions, which are typically idiotic, using emotion to leverage a long-term strategic power gain. The public's caught on. Overwhelming majorities of Americans and extremely overwhelming majorities of Republicans and conservatives no longer take the media seriously. So they're realizing their very reason for being to put out facts is being crushed because nobody believes they're speaking in facts anymore. So they're having a legitimacy crisis. So what are they doing? Mobilizing against any opposition, which is what every tyrant does when it realizes it's having a legitimacy crisis. Just read a history book. Tyrants feel all well and good about themselves. Tyrants, fascists, power grabbers, dictators, until all of a sudden, people start to catch on to the gig and realize through collective action, they figure out the coordination problem inherited in the prisoner's dilemma in economics. Prisoner's dilemma. Why don't prisoners organize to take over the prisoners? More of them. Well, they don't because there's an, it's an economics problem. It's not a statement of opinion or morality. It's a coordination issue. No one believes the other prisoner is going to actually do what they say they're going to do. Hey, let's all take over the prison mark. No one actually does it. So they sit there in prison. It's called the prisoner's dilemma. But over time, the way to combat the prisoner's dilemma is to learn to act collectively through strategy. Over and over. They figure it out over time. Journalists are starting to figure out that the American public is learning to act through coordination over time and collective effort through social media and elsewhere, putting out their own blogs. So what do journalists do? What every tyrant does. They mobilize against free speech to crush them because elites in the media are really pissed that citizen journalists get to do their job, especially ones like me that expose the whole Spygate uh, debacle 
and the collusion hoax. They hate it. So journalists are now mobilizing to crush facts. Well, that parlays into our final story, which I've teased for the whole show, which is absolutely fantastic. And when I say that, I mean the whole elites are really pissed off right now that there's been a revolt amongst the masses and people are starting to figure out how to coordinate to get their kids out of school, to fight back against the elitist media. People are starting to coordinate and figure out how to do it, how to expose their hypocrisy. That's the gist of this Guardian story about GameStop, which is fascinating. Let's get into this. The Guardian, this will be in the show notes. Read it, please. How GameStop found itself at the center of a groundbreaking battle between Wall Street and small investors. The video game retailers become one of the hottest stocks this year in a tale that illustrates the changing face of investing. So in this final block of the show, I want to discuss first what happened. How this is going to be a, this is turning into a war of attrition in the financial industry amongst elites and the great unwashed us. I mean that as a joke, of course. But I want you to keep in mind the framework in which I want to discuss this. The elites, whether in the media, academia, politics, I wrote down more, Hollywood, lobbyists, Wall Street. They hate it when the great unwashed masses, us, learn to overcome our inherent problems coordinating with each other because we're conservatives, libertarians, and elsewhere. It's hard to coordinate when you believe in the power of the individual, not amongst leftists. Elites hate it when we overcome that problem and learn to organize against them. And Wall Street right now is freaking out. What happened? Well, let me read from the Guardian piece. Read the whole thing. It's worth your time. Little background. So GameStop, it says, quote, the strange saga of GameStop's cult status. This was a retail store. They sell video games and stuff. Can be traced back to last September when Ryan Cohen, investor and founder of an online pet food giant called Chewy, took a 13% stake in the retailer and started lobbying for it, GameStop, to move more of its business online and become a serious rival to Amazon. Cohen and two associates were added to the company's board in January. Follow? Goes on. The company's share price, again, game stock, then began to soar as small investors snapped up a cheap stock using the trading app Robinhood, used to be a sponsor on my show, by the way, and just so you know, on other services, seizing on what they saw as an ideal buying opportunity for the GameStop stock. Wall Street saw something else, a chance to short an ambitious bet against Amazon they believed would, was bound to fail. Let me explain to you a bit of what's going on here. And I'm going to get to another screenshot from the piece. So this is, this is what happened. You got a little bit of background. Retail investors. Again, what liberals would call the great unwashed, the deplorables. Just normal everyday folks like you and I are hardworking out there in America. They went into this stock buying app, Robinhood. And many of them decided that they liked this stock for GameStop, which was a retail outlet, again, that sells video games. Because GameStop, one of these uh, wealthy folks, Mr. Cohen, decided he was going to buy into GameStop and said, let's move it online. And you know what? Let's challenge Amazon. Let's do it. So retail investors liked it. Well, organized Wall Street elites that hate it when the great proletariat organizes the smelly, unwashed Walmart people. They hate it when they try to, you know, if, if God forbid you try to beat Wall Street at their own game. Wall Street didn't like that. So Wall Street said, let's short the stock of GameStop because all these retail investors, these unwashed, deplorable Walmart shoppers, they're all idiots and they don't know anything. We know more. So they shorted the stock. What's a short? Well, it's not an MBA course, but I'll explain it to you simply what the Wall Street investors were doing because they thought that these retail investors buying up the GameStop stock and driving the price up because they're buying it. You know, each additional bid drives the stock up more. The Wall Street investors who are so much smarter than you and I and Joe, we're all idiots, of course, said, ah, look at these morons. Let's short it. Shorting is this. You basically buy the rights to acquire a stock at a certain, or to sell it at a certain price, excuse me, assuming it'll go down. So they thought these retail investors on, on you know, the great unwashed who were buying GameStop, so you're just idiots. What the hell do you know? This stock is going to crash. It dared GameStop going up against Amazon. What a bunch of dunces. So Wall Street hedge funds and otherwise the elites, they're smarter than you. 
They shorted it in mass, meaning, again, they had the acquired the rights to sell the stock at a certain price, thinking it was going to go down. How would that work? It's very simple. Say you've acquired the rights to sell the stock at $20 per share. And you think everyone buying this stock and driving the price up are idiots and it's going to crash tomorrow because everybody's an idiot and you're a Wall Street elite. You know more than everyone. Well, if Wall Street's right and you've acquired the rights to sell the stock at $20 a share, Paula, you got to be the audience ombudsman here. Joe, you too. I know you're listening, okay? You acquired the rights to the stock to sell it at $20 a share and you think it's going to crash to $10 a share. Well, if it does in fact crash, you're very rich. Because acquiring the rights to sell the stock at the share, in other words, borrowing it, is not as expensive as actually buying the stock. So you can get a whole lot more. Because you may say, well, why not just buy? Uh, you know, why not just, uh, uh, what do you, if you think the stock's going to go down, just, you know, wait for it to go down, buy it later when it crashes and rises again. You can get a whole lot more stock if you only buy the rights to borrow it rather than buying it outright. You don't have to spend $20 to acquire it. You get it? You only have to buy, so you can get tons of it, these options, tons of it, instead of having to buy the stock direct. Now, say the stock does crash and it goes to $10 and you acquired the rights to sell it at 20 and you've acquired the right to sell thousands of it. You make $10. You're able to sell it at 20 even though it's only worth 10 $10 for every option you have. You have a thousand options. You just made yourself 10K. Nice. Wall Street, they're so much smarter than you. Well, what happened? Well, the problem with options and shorting is the reason it's cheaper than buying the stock itself and just getting the right to acquire it or borrow it is because unlike buying a stock, if a stock crashes, you still have something. Say you buy it at 20 and it crashes to 10. You still have $10 in shares. If you have an option to sell a stock at 20, and it doesn't crash, and it goes up like GameStop did dramatically, rising a lot, then your options are worthless and you're wiped out. Why? Well, it's obvious. If you've acquired the right to sell a stock at 20 and the stock is now worth 140, who the hell's going to sell a stock for 20 that's worth 140? <laughs> You'd have to be, it's worthless. It doesn't mean anything. All of the money you spent on the options is done. Well, what if you're Wall Street and you spend billions on options? You just lost billions. Let me go back to the piece to describe what happened after a bunch of retail investors. Again, I say sarcastically, the great unwashed, you know, the stupid people, us out there in the general public, went up against the Wall Street elites and said, this GameStop strategy is stupid. Well, who won? Well, we'll see because now there's a war of attrition going on. Back to the piece. Quote, the battles become a war of attrition between a new generation of investors and established more diversified players. Investors on the Wall Street Bet subreddit forum have been promoting GameStop, uh, GameStop aggressively, with many pitching it as a battle of regular people versus hedge funds and big Wall Street firms. You know, Wall Street elites hate this. Quote, this is quite the experience for my first month in the stock market. Holding till infinity posted one user on the thread. Another user said, we're literally more powerful than the big firms right now. In some cases, they've been, uh, they've been right. With larger investors like Citrone Research taking a sharp lesson in what can happen when herd investors squeeze a stock higher. Citrone's founder, Andrew Left, called GameStop, quote, a failing mall-based retailer in a report earlier this month and predicted the stock would plunge to $20 in a video he posted to Twitter on Thursday. According to CNN, Mr. Andrew Left has now given up on shorting the stock, citing harassment by the stock's backers. Let me tell you a real reason most people have given up shorting the stock, because they've lost billions of dollars as hedge funds were defeated by retail investors. The elites in the media, Wall Street, academia, Hollywood, they really hate it when you learn to use leftist tactics of acting collectively. There's more of you than them. Now, how is this going to end in the long run? Well, I can tell you right now, there's no question in, in the first battle of this war of attrition for GameStop, there's no question retail investors won. 
because those options, you may say, well, why not just hold the short? Hold this until forever. And then when it goes down, you know, to $10, assuming over the, no, no, that's not the way it works. These options, many of them have time horizons. So in other words, you, you, when you say buy a stock and you short it, assuming it's going to go down, if it doesn't go down and say six months, the option's done. You're finished. You're all your money's gone. Folks, a bunch of retail investors in GameStop on, on Robinhood have figured out how to beat billion dollar investment houses in Wall Street. And it should teach you a valuable lesson going back to the beginning of the show and the power of collective action. Is GameStop stock going to stay as high as it is now? Well, sooner or later, GameStop's going to have to show these retail investors who bought the stock they can make money. No question. But they don't have to cash out. You don't have to sell your stock. You do, however, have a timeline on the short. They beat them at their own game. Listen, I'm not one of these guys who likes to throw out leftist talking points like the Wall Street game is rigged. But let's be honest, as liberty-loving individuals, the game is rigged. Game's always been rigged. We had the housing crisis. We had big major investment uh, uh, investment banks that took a big loss on bad bets they made. And what happened? You bailed them out. Your stock money. Oh, yeah, you bailed You bailed them out. Your money. Now they're pissed off, the Wall Street elites, that deplorable, unwashed masses have overcome the prisoner's dilemma, learned to act collectively, and have beat them at their own game. A bunch of retail investors on a subreddit learned to defeat billion-dollar brokerage houses and nearly bankrupt one of them. You're going to see more of this in the future, ladies and gentlemen. People are getting really, really ticked off at being governed and ruled by elitists in big tech, elitists on Wall Street, elitists in government, elitists in the academia, all who claim to know better than you, all the while while taking advantage of Section 230, laws that benefits them, taxpayer bailouts. Well, now it's your turn. You want to win? Strategy. No more emotion strategy. Hence my focus on the last few days about the inherent failures of a third party. Sounds great emotionally. It's a strategic failure. Learn from what they did on GameStop, beating the elites at their own game. All right. Thank you folks for tuning in. That was a long show today, but uh, I told you that story was worth it. The details of it, I had a, in the interest of time, I had to skip over some of them. The GameStop story is fascinating. Maybe we'll cover it some more this week and next week. It is just an amazing story that really someone, Daily Wire guys, get the rights to that. Hey, a couple of asks at the end of the show. As always, I would really appreciate if you would make BonginoReport.com your uh, home for the best conservative news of the day. You wake up in the morning, you want to read your online newspaper, go to BonginoReport.com. We put a lot of work into bringing you the best news of the day. No liberal nonsense. BonginoReport.com. Bookmark it. Make it your homepage. We really appreciate it. Hit that in the morning, BonginoReport.com. And uh, please watch the video version of the show. It's free at Rumble. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Subscribe to the channel. It is absolutely free. We're at 1.3 million subscribers in six months. Rumble.com slash Bongino. I really appreciate your support. Thanks a lot. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.